Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with Rob Yates, Communications Director of the North Carolina Libertarian Party, and Dee Watson, Political and Policy Director for the Libertarian Libertarian Party of North Carolina. It is an honor and privilege to have you both as guests on Freedom Forum Radio. How about some of the other things, other issues and problems in our nation that uh, libertarians have solutions for? How about, for instance, health care? So in North Carolina, there's a lot of problems with health care. Um, so my opponent in this case, it's it's just so regulated. And I don't think people understand how these regulations are harming people. Um, I actually had a Democratic opponent who was for common sense health care reform. And because she was a nurse practitioner and she knew that there's so much oversight where a doctor, you just have to pay a doctor to oversign a nurse practitioner. And it just is costing money because like she has to pay somebody and then everything in the end gets passed on to the consumer. And it's just really not necessary and wasn't doing anything. So she has um, legislation But it gets stopped. And the reason it gets stopped is because of lobbyists. You were talking earlier about money. It's not just money of individuals. It's these huge lobbyist organizations and professional organizations and hospital organizations. And it's unbelievable to me how even a Democrat who is trying to get regulatory reform on a bill that the John Locke Foundation is for can't get it brought up for a vote because of lobbyists. And it's happening over and over and over again. And I don't think people understand how much of this is going on. I mean, I could talk for an hour about certificate of need laws. Um, That's what I was going <laughs> to Yeah, I can, I, can, I can vouch for that as well. Yeah, but basically the problem is think there's a free market. There is no free market for health care in any state, and there certainly is not in North Carolina. Government has a monopoly on health care, and it, it, it crushes comp- competition, and because of that, um, you don't get these price reductions. Um, if you wanted to People a lot of times say, well, if we didn't have this and this and this, how would we possibly afford it? And what I would say is if you talk about something that has a lot less regulation on its veterinary care, there's still some regulation, but it's, it's much less. Typically, my dog needed a surgery and the vet told me it would be $2,400. And he said, I know it's a lot of money. And I said, oh, no, I looked at how much it is in the hospital. It's $80,000. That's the kind of... <laughs> 
That's the kind yeah. of amplification you're I mean, getting. You'd be like, well, I can afford 2,400, but you think, you know, I mean, on a human, the same surgery, which is actually easier on a human being is yeah, $80,000. Yeah, it's, it's a ligament repair on a knee. You can go to Thailand and get it done for five grand. Yeah. <laughs> so healthcare just could be so much more affordable if we actually had a free market. And this is something that people aren't understanding. And there's all kinds of problems with Medicaid. They don't understand how every Medicaid patient, there's multiple rates in a hospital. There's no price, price transparency in a hospital. When you go into a hospital, I challenge you to find out ahead of time all the costs that are going to be incurred because the hospital is charging all different rates for different groups. Okay. Um, and basically what's happening is every time you go into a hospital, you're subsidizing the Medicaid patients. Hospitals lose a lot of money on Medicaid, Medicare patients, and that all has to get subsidized. So there's a lack of price transparency. There's certificate of need laws, which simple supply and demand tells you that's increasing the cost. Um, and there's just a lot of problems in the, in the, in the hospitals. So we just need a free market. And, and if we had a free market, I really think that you'd be looking at a 90% decrease in healthcare costs. Well, there, uh, I think, go ahead. No. So you, you also have this sort of bizarre situation where you have this hyper-regulated, overly controlled, lobbyist, dark money influenced, just massive behemoth that doesn't, like the patients are rarely put first. Not, I mean, there's some wonderful doctors, wonderful nurses. It's not to knock them. This is systemic. But it, it needs to generate money to keep going, to keep the lobbyists you know, pumping the, the elected officials' coffers full to keep the whole system moving. So instead of preventative care and taking care of yourself being a prominent thing on there, I mean, did you see three days ago? Was it the the pediat the American Pediatric Association? Maybe it was the CDC, but talking about twelve year olds need weight loss interventions now, use medicines and surgery like like even like twelve year old weight loss surgery. That's ridiculous. Get a soccer ball. I mean, that's insane. But this is, this is This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with Rob Yates, Communications Director of the North Carolina Libertarian Party, and Dee Watson, Political and Policy Director for the Libertarian, Libertarian Party of North Carolina. So, obviously... The what we're talking about here is free market, and the free market can be applied to many of the other problems that we're dealing with in our country today. Do you want to speak to any of those? Well, let's start with the economy. I mean, anyone listening to this, Google what happened in 1971, and then get ready for like, like, a, a going down a rabbit k hole. In all seriousness, like. We went off the gold standard completely. We really went to fiat currency, and the economy has been in free fall. And the more they prop it up, the more the, the landing's going to hurt. And I think that a lot of the success we've seen in the American economy, well, I, I think there's a few things. I think we underestimate how much we were able to grow outside of what would have been expected coming out of World War II. We were an industrial power. Most of the rest of the world was destroyed. So we were providing the world. There's a huge economic boost there. 
And then when we became the, the central economic hub, we had you know, the, the reserve currency for the planet. Like there, there are powers that we have, but it's just starting to chip away. But it, I don't think it's going to be an easy landing. I think we're, I mean, right now we're looking at essentially, are we going to die by hyperinflation? Or are we going to die by significant recession? And they're pushing this off as long as they can. I saw today there's all over the news is, um, you know, the Republicans playing more Russian roulette with the debt ceiling and maybe that's what they're going to try and frame it as. But the free market, like like the quintessential thing is literally the market. The government manipulation of the market has taken what was the most innovative market in human history. The things that the United States did sort of from, I don't know, roughly 1870 to like 1950. I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming to be a historian here, but the innovations, the advances, the things we were driving. And yes, there were missteps. There are always missteps. Like, we're, we're not going to get it perfect. That's not a reason to do it. But now we've gotten, I mean, we're we're a controlled economy. We really are. This is not a capitalist economy, except insofar as it involves some degree of the flow of capital. This is not a free market. This is a controlled market. And what, what has become the most concerning, I think, in the last eight-ish years is that at least before you sort of had these two evil powers, like the corporate evil power and the government evil power, but they were both supported by a party and there was some push-pull, and now they're working in lockstep. Like, there's there's not even a pretense of, of things going on behind the scenes. So the, the biggest thing the free market could solve is the actual market, the economy. How about you, Dee? Anything you want to add in there? Right. The, I mean, the biggest problem is the that when you have the government controlling the monetary supply, I mean, it is messed up everything and quantitative easing feels good at first but now we're seeing the ramifications of quantitative easing and so that's not a state issue that's a a federal issue and it's just going to hurt and i think the problem is this keynesian belief that could have gone on forever in the end when the government is just always less efficient and everybody knows this the government is always less efficient at spending money. People and companies are always better, and they're always a better steward of their own dollar. The government wastes money. They're always less efficient. And people have this idea, well, it's not my money, but it is. Every time the government spends money, there was a, a bill where we all got, you know, like, what was it, $2,000, you know, or whatever it was. But in that, every person, the amount was $13,000 for each individual. So basically, the government took $13,000 from you, and they gave you back $2,000. That isn't <laughs> helping you. <laughs> and now, you didn't, you didn't see them take it because they either added debt to your life, or they did it through quantitative easing. But in the end, if you look at your grocery bill, you know, I mean, my groceries, there's certain items that I, t- t- uh, you know, track year to year for holidays. Sweet potatoes have tripled, um, you know, the canned sweet potatoes. Candy canes have tripled in price. If you look at your grocery bill, it's probably doubled to tripled um, since COVID hit. So you're paying for that $2,000 over and over and over again, and you're going to keep paying. And that $2,000 the government gave you is going to end up costing you, you know, 
tens of thousands of dollars. So whenever the government gives you something, you have to realize they don't have anything to give because the government really doesn't make much. What the government does is they redistribute and they redistribute so inefficiently that every time they give you something, remember, they're probably going to end up taking 10 times as much. And that's really the way you have to start to look at it. They really like a, they have a teenager's daughter. She gave her 20 and she hands me back 10 bucks. So look, dad, I gave you 10 bucks. Like, no, you spent 10 bucks. You gave me back 10 bucks. But like, um, she's 14. The government redistributes based on their political agenda. That's what the problem is. Uh, they divided us into groups and play one against the other, and they use money to do it. I don't think either of you would argue if I said 1913 was the worst year in American history. 16th Amendment, 17th Amendment, and the Federal Reserve Bank. And if you track the value of the dollar before that and after that, you'll see what a disaster those three things have been to the value of the American dollar, which, of course, relates to the free market economy that we all wish we could live in. Absolutely. Uh, So, again, um, let me have some final thoughts about libertarian principle and how would you how would you go about okay so you have a problem here you have you you own the principles that are true you own the principles on how to fix everything but how do you convince people of that this is we talk about this a lot um i think i think we have to really focus on messaging so another issue that we've sort of been discussing a whole lot of, of the right way to get it out there is education, which is arguably over time, the single most important issue that we face because it's the next generation that's educating kids. We have this distraction argument going on right now. You're seeing, you know, gender ideology, this sort of watered down critical race theory philosophies being applied. The libertarian answer that's, I think the wrong one for us to say is like, well, we need to get rid of the Department of Education. And it's not that I disagree with that. It's just when you lead with that, like you're creating this wall, like, wait, you want to get rid of the Department of Education? Instead, I would advocate, and I personally don't even like the term school choice. I like students, not systems. Um, because school choice still implies this this heavy-handed involvement of the government just in determining curriculum and and policy. And But what if parents all were allocated the same amount of money. So in this situation, I'm acknowledging that getting rid of taxation for education is probably not going to happen in the next year or two. Fair enough. (laughs) So every parent receives the same amount of money, and those parents may send their kids to any school that they want. So you, you eliminate any arguments about equity in education. Everyone has the same access. Then you don't have to worry about, is this school allowing my student to go by different pronouns than I want? Or is this student, you know, pushing a version of American history that ignores some of the warts on our history? Like, send your kid wherever you want. The school just puts it out there, and in 30 years, we'll find out which was the better one. Um, but you, when you allow people to make the choices that are best suited for them, you instantly undermine this polarization that's so toxic to, to our current discourse, to our current conversation, to our country. And it's it's being escalated. It's being escalated deliberately. It's, hey, there's this problem and they're responsible for it. And if if we don't do something to stop it, 
the the whole world's going to end. And so that's why you see, you know, people showing up at schools. They're protesting. This is good. Like, but what happens when that escalates? What happens when they start showing up at schools with guns because they think somebody's really trying to groom their kid, or vice versa? This person is this school is a white supremacist school, and they're showing up again with a gun because they're protecting their children. And when you start talking about kids, people will definitely get to that point. They're going to protect their kids. I think the free market, the libertarian solution of like let's let's allow people to make the decisions best for them and things will evolve in a way that is best for all of humanity as a result, it undermines the polarization. It underlines it undermines the toxic political discourse. And then we can start having some discussions and some rational debates. Like D and I laugh because with with a lot of the other people in the party, we're quote unquote statists. Because we're like, yeah, <laughs> there could be like a very small amount of government that's, that's able to maintain certain things. Like, but these are these are friendly discussions. They're intense debates because people are passionate. But then you know we're all good when we leave. It's it's not this I hate you. You're the enemy that we see at, at the top levels that trickles down. Coming out of the Trump election, normalize excommunicating your Trump supporting family members, and then the whole COVID thing, like why anti-vaxxers shouldn't be allowed at the Thanksgiving dinner. Like, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. And the media has no business being involved and the government has no business being involved. So let's get them out of it. Everything that we see, this is this is what I would say is like my final thought with libertarianism. All of the toxicity, all of the negativity, and all of the weaponization of fear that is used to drive people apart disappears if you simply take away the power of the politician's to make changes that allow them to do that. And, and the libertarian solution is the way there. Well, I want to thank you very much. That is a very profound thought. I have only one co- one further question, Dee. Do we have 30 years? I don't think that we do. I think that what's going to happen is we're slowing down. So maybe we will attain that 30 years. Um, in the meantime, we've had a huge impact on things like school choice. You know, um, we, we are impacting things. We actually ended up winning the drug war by not fighting it, right? And I think people are starting to understand. So, I mean, we're making those changes. The things I worry about are the monetary side. But I think that we actually will win before 30 years. I, I don't think the libertarian, I don't think, I think the duopoly will be crushed. And the reason I think that is because when I talk to people, I found that we switched our messaging strategy. It's not to talk at people. It's to actually sit there and start with listening to them. And the first thing you do is just listen to them on an issue. And people inherently, when they start complaining about an issue, the government caused the problem and you can get them there on that particular issue really quick. And on that issue, you can explain to them how the government caused the problem. And once they hit it for their own issue, they're pretty receptive pretty quickly to understanding that it's impacting other issues that they care a lot less about. So I actually think that this message strategy change has been pretty effective. And I we're seeing growth in the party. And I think in 30 years, you're going to be asking who the Democrats and Republicans are, to be honest. Amen. Well, Rob Yates and, uh, and Dee Watson, I want to thank both of you both for sharing with us the Libertarian viewpoint. You're both uh, involved in the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. Um, I wish you well, and uh, I share so many of the principles with you. 
Um, you know, and uh, I want to thank both of you for for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you so much for having us on. This is awesome. We love the opportunity to get our message out. And honestly, for everyone listening, like check out the lp.org national lpnc if you're in north carolina like we need volunteers we need people we need support there's so much to do so please come check us out reach out any way you can like this, this is people first so we need people thank you both it's been a fascinating discussion thank you so much and that concludes another episode of dr dan's freedom forum Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.